Hello and welcome back to Mind of Success. I'm your host, Moni Millares, a Mexican-British living in Asia. I work in fintech and build digital banks from scratch. In my years in the industry, I've realized most of us are in a vulnerable financial position. However, building a business can be a catalyst for change. So I created this podcast. It's about business stories we do not talk about. I chat with entrepreneurs, CEOs, and experts about their journeys, struggles, and lessons to extract gems of wisdom and practical tools so that we can thrive and create the impact we want. Hello, my ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. And today we have a very relevant topic. We're talking about resilience and what it takes and the mindset that it's so important to make our dreams come true. Our guest this week is Phoebus Apostolidis. He used to be a web developer turned into mindset coach. And Phoebus, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Monica. Thank you. The pleasure is mine. So you and I were talking the other day about life, basically, and we haven't spoken in 10 years. Well, no, maybe 10 years is a long time, eight years or so. We were catching up in life and we both left our countries and we were talking about the journey of change and the journey of adapting to a new country. And that's how the topic of resilience uh, came to surface. So before we go into the detail, can you tell us a little bit about your story? Like, it is fascinating how you went from being a a coder, like a developer, software developer, into now doing mindset coaching. So can you guide us a little bit? How did that happen? Yeah, that happened kind of like gradually. So what I, it was my personal difficulties that I was dealing with when I was younger. And, you know, part of it was, was dating, trying to be more assertive, try to do things. So it was like things that were coming up and I was just like, I was suffering, plain and simple. <laughs> like it hurts, it sucks. Like big. many of us, like me too, when I started my coaching journey, I was suffering and it was also dating. <laughs> so it's more common <laughs> than we think. <laughs> yeah, it is common. These are like common things that we, we all go through and each of us, differently some people do better in different areas but not necessarily in other areas and things like like i might have a problem in something that for you it's very easy you might have something problem with something that for me it's very easy and i i often find that with people what the like you're saying the commonality so part of it was personal suffering like this hurts this sucks i'm sad what's happening and the kind of turning point for me was when i went to the states and then i failed university so i had to leave since this is like we're talking about resilience today so it links perfectly basically i was like i'm a failure i haven't managed like what's happening more that i tried the worst that i did but i know that i wasn't fully invested at the time i know that there was i could have asked for help and different things like that but that kind of was a big slap in the face and that was where things kind of peaked into my pain threshold so then i started looking within then i started thinking okay the things that I need to change. And that's how sort of spirituality came into play, meditation came into play, philosophy came into play. And those were like the foundation 
stones that they were set out. And then Solidus Valley was being introduced to different self-development themes or looking into assertiveness or looking to different topics that helped me to organize my mind more and actually feel better. And then, you know, it was different things. Like, so through the years, it's like, oh, I'm setting goals. And what I've come to realize now is it's like, what I'm doing now is what I've been doing for a long time. But now I'm sharing with other people and I'm taking people to do for, for their benefit and their journey. And when it occurred, I was like, oh, that's why I've been doing all these things all these years. Yeah. So, yeah. And the reason I stuck with tech at the beginning was because I was like, oh, I know this. But like kind of a psychology strand came in right when I when I was when I failed university. But then I was like, no, I know tech. I'm going to stick with this. But then slowly, slowly turned and trained into more things and, and got to know more about the field. Okay, let's go into those two points that are so important. I'll start with failing university. That sounds like a big deal. How? How did you fail university? What does that mean? Did you drop off? Did you? I had to drop out because my grades were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, my grades were, I wasn't passing the classes. So it was. And you were studying yeah, engineering, but... as in software engineering. Yeah, it was computer science and it was uh, full on. And it had yeah. more maths than I like. And yeah, basically I thought I'm useless and I don't understand and I can't, I can't really do this. And it yeah. was something that I liked, but yeah, the way it was tested, the way I had to learn, the fact that I wasn't asking for help, the fact that I was focusing, having a really bad diet and all these things and playing video games. There were a lot of, a lot of layers and then some personal stuff that they were in the, into yeah. play. But yeah, I got a lot of learnings from that experience. How old were you? Yeah. Uh, I think around 20, 20, 20 yeah. yeah, that's a very important age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did, you, you just said that you had a lot of learnings. What, what was your, mm. what were your learnings back then? Partly I feel where I was, was the right place but it was also the wrong place. And that's why it had to change, but it was the right place because I had to go through this experience because then it set up the next like pretty much 20 years <laughs> of what I'm building. I'm not 40 yet, I still have a bit to go. <laughs> so what I hear is basically the mindset that you had back then, it's like, yes, you failed, but at the same time, it was an experience such that you could pivot into something else that is what you're doing now after many years, that right? It's exactly what we're also talking about today. It's interesting how this came in and how it emerged, <laughs> but it's all about resiliency because the best way to be resilient is to find, and then it goes into, uh, what's his name? Uh, in, in search of meaning, the guy who wrote Frank, yeah. the psychiatrist. So it's uh, when we find that meaning, then we can move on. But if we fall and hurt ourselves, we're thinking, okay, this happened. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, the real meaning. It just needs to be something that we make up that serves us. Because a lot of times when we get stuck down on the floor, it's because we're like, you know, in self-pity or we can't find the reason why it happened or we find the reason why it happened, but we don't find the reason to move on, to come back. Yes. 
Yes. So that's deep. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So talking about, I'll combine like reason to move on plus another topic that you said at the very beginning that it's very relevant. You talked about assertiveness. So basically what I see is you went in a journey of at 20 years old, you went with the traditional path of going to uni and then you failed. And in the eyes of society, that's a big deal. And like you said, you were like, oh, it affected you. It affected you. And then over time, mm -hmm. you kind of like worked through. And you also mentioned that as part of your journey of moving from being a developer to becoming a coach, one of the topics that you explored was assertiveness. And you were exploring basically, and especially with dating. So how, how has assertiveness helped you become the person that you are today? And how did you build it? How did I build it? I like that you use this one because it's something I often come back to. It's just like a lot of these things we think, oh, you either have it or you don't. You know, I'm either confident or I'm not. What we miss a lot of the times, it's, it is a skill. The same way we can learn, you know, I don't know, to saw or to, to any, any skill that we build basically by repetition, by learning, by making mistakes, by failing, by experiment. It's the same thing. With, with, with our emotions and our thoughts. It's like we can learn to build it. So we can learn to build assertiveness, self-trust, boundaries. Assertiveness and boundaries are kind of like to merge them together. Why? And because first of all, it's being able to understand our boundaries. And a lot of times I think as we go about the world, we don't really understand the boundaries. So when you do something to uh, impose, on my boundaries when you move past the boundary i need to be able to understand that what i'm feeling is because you're crossing the boundary for me a long time this was vague because i would feel confused but i wouldn't know it was because you know for example you said something or you did something that crosses my boundaries or i would say oh it's okay and then you come into you know my garden walk through the door through the fence you come in the garden you pick the flowers you rip everything apart then you leave and then i'm like I'm feeling resentful. <laughs> yes. It's like, of course, because like it took me a long time to assert my boundaries. And that's why I like boundaries and assertiveness. It's like, these are, these are my boundaries. This is as far as I'm willing to let people go. And we need to be able to know that. And then with assertiveness is asserting the boundaries. I'm communicating what the boundaries are to other people. That is beautiful. The thing, I've never yeah. thought about it. Yeah, go ahead. The thing that really helped me, and that was through being coached, I was being coached, was that when it comes to assertiveness and boundaries, it starts with ourselves. Like we need to be able to do that for ourselves. So if I say, for example, at nine o'clock, I'm going to work out today, I need to be able to show up. I might fail again. It's like resiliency and learn, but it's a boundary that we create. It's an artificial one. And it's, can I assert this boundary to myself? Because when we keep that alignment with ourselves, then it's easy to also communicate to other people. Because I used to focus on the other people. Oh, how can I make you stay where you are? <laughs> but it's, it's not about that. It's... Yes, you just touched in something very interesting. It's like, yeah, you used to focus on, hey, how can I change you, basically? And 
you should not bother me. How can I control you? I don't like your character. How I don't like that you're grumpy or that you are crossing the boundaries. But actually, it's not about them. It's not about the other. It's about each of us understanding ourselves what triggers us. And basically, mm -hmm. that is that's how we identify our boundaries. You do something, something, something. No trigger, no trigger. Oh, trigger. Ah, <laughs> that is a boundary. <laughs> and then by man understanding our boundaries, then we know how to respond better to other people's reactions, comments, actions. Mm -hmm. I like that. Like you said, it's communicating as well, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. So coming back to resilience. What does resilience mean to you? Whenever I think of the word resilience, I think of those, you know, those little balls, the bouncy balls, like you throw them, they just go like crazy, they go up and down. We <laughs> That's kids, what I think yeah. of resilience, like completely bouncing around. And the ability to, when we fall, to bounce back up to where we were. It's very naive to think that life will always be, you know, on an uptrend. Yet, at least for the optimist people, that's how we think of it. But I think even if you're pessimistic about it, you kind of think that things will be, you know, on a on a upwards trajectory, and it will be a level that we sustain, and nothing bad will happen. Even when we think that bad things will happen, we can freak out. They still think, you know, okay. So that's the unrealistic, perfectionistic way of looking at the world, and it's unspoken a lot of the times. That's one thing. So how we look at life in general. But then when it comes to resilience, it's the ability to bounce back when things don't go according to plan. Yeah. And that is daily life. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. And that is very often. Like, <laughs> happens all the time. Yeah. It yeah. can be from, you know, I want to go to the shop, catch the bus, or I expected this to happen at work and it didn't happen. But there are things that happening either from inside of us or from outside impacting the inside that will change the way that we feel and the way that we think. And now we're in a state that we can learn a lot from, for sure, but we don't necessarily always want to be in. So it's like, how can I change this into something else? What can I learn and how can, can I you, change it? Can you repeat that again? I'm not sure I followed. And I think I don't follow because it is very important. And I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> I think I skipped a few things. Yes. It's when something happens, can I go back to how I was and, or even better? Because I was in a height and then I've fallen on the floor and now I want to take off again because I want to be myself. When I'm sad, insecure, angry, you know, yeah. feeling fail, like I failed, then I'm in a place that I don't really want to be. I can learn something from it. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier. There's always something to learn. If I can look from that mindset, from that angle, what can I learn from this? And at first it might be I can't learn nothing. Like, but that's because we're close. When we open up, we can start finding reasons. We can start finding lessons. And we can take that lesson because it's a crucial moment. It's a pivoting moment. And then pivot and say, okay, I got this. I registered this. This happened. And I'm okay with that. And then it's moving on and into changing it. And how can I change either what happened or how can I change to be back to where I was or even better? Yes. 
you just said, basically when we are in a high place, we fall, then we feel in a low place. We have all these feelings and you use the word and when you open up, then it's when basically you can start changing. It's very interesting that just an episode ago or two, we talked about the same thing. It came up in the conversation when you open up. What do you mean when you say when you open up? What does that mean for everyone who's listening? It's like, what do you mean open up? What do I mean by opening up? Let's start with what's, what is, it is to be closed. Yeah. Being closed means I'm not allowing any new thoughts, any new energy, any new emotions to come in. It means I'm getting stuck. I'm getting stuck. I'm becoming a pond, and I don't want anything to change that. Mm. So I'm completely closed. Anything that comes in, I repel it. it. Again, it's like it's a form of boundary. Yeah. I don't want anything coming in, so I'm staying closed. I don't want any new insights. I don't want any new ideas. This is how it is. This is how things are for me. And we perpetuate that with our thoughts. And again, it's, it's so open and close. I find it as a stance and it can be a stance in life. And it's very common also if it's something that we've learned before. It's like, oh, I've heard that. The minute we say that, we close ourselves up. It's like, I don't want to listen to it. I don't, I I'm not going to get anything new because I already know it in here. Has it gone to the heart, which is important. So there we're getting our next distinction, which just came up. It, it's a hard thing. It's not really so much. It's just like we close and there's nothing we can accept. We can be closed from love. So yeah. oh, nobody loves me, but that's because I'm always closed and defensive because I don't want people to allow them to come too near me, too close to me, because then I might get hurt. That's a bad feeling. So to open up, it's a sense of allowance. It's just like as if we're holding our breath and really holding into it, onto it and then very shallow breathing versus just allowing ourselves to breathe and let the air in. It's just like it's that openness. How can we do that? Yeah. Allowance and acceptance are great words that we can use. It's just like for, for this moment, I can, you know, I failed university. Okay. That's, that, there's a, a sense but I need to accept this in order for me to move on. And then resilience came when I went to another university back home. So it's like, we changed things. Or I had this date, I was really looking forward to it. I felt insecure, it ruined my whole night. All right, I can learn from it. So and usually when we're down and we're beating ourselves up, we're definitely close, but to open up is to ask those questions. And it's like, okay, I can be okay with that because here's what I learned or I can still love myself. I find love, love, acceptance, and allowance kind of coming together because the minute that we do that, it's kind of like we put our spirit in a shield down. Just we relax a little bit. And once we do that, then we can see a little bit more clearly. Mm. Does that answer your question? Yes, I like that. It's more a conversation rather than a question. <laughs> Just pick your brains. Uh, so love, acceptance, and allowance. So just to make it practical, if I am a little bit depressed because, I don't know, I break up, broke up with someone or uh, had an issue at work or, you know, like, just like everything keeps going wrong. Like we all get into that low state. What I'm hearing from you is 
open your heart by connecting to love, by accepting yourself and others and, and the situation and allowance, that is what you refer to as opening up. And basically it's by, by being open to allowing things to evolve and happen in your life. Okay, yeah, that is- Put it that, very nicely. Yeah, I'm like, that was beautifully <laughs> expressed. You did, not me. <laughs> 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 Put it very nice, and you're listening very closely. <laughs> yes, I am listening closely. Of course, I am. <laughs> okay, so basically, you've just we've just gone through the definition of because the original the original topic that we were exploring was what is resilience, and it's like hey, basically, I'm bounce well, ability to bounce back, da da da, and then we went into the hey, how how to bounce back from the low and um, we just went through this explanation but then i find that many times this is theory right mm -hmm. and this is what you read oh you read it in many self-help books you read it online you hear it in a podcast but it's theory and at the same time i may be like yes monica yes Jesus. i get that but how, how do I connect to love? How do I just accept? How do I just allow if I am feeling all these and I'm not in a good state? <laughs> how on earth do I do that? What's your recipe for the how, not the definition? Now that we've explored the theory, let's go more practical. Okay, okay. And I like that. I like what you're saying because a lot of times, yeah, it's like you say, it's what we said earlier like, we read a lot, we stay in our heads, we don't really uh, internalize what we learn. Yeah. It's good to have some knowledge because it can be like a guiding mark, but it's what you're saying. The minute that we take these things and internalize them and live them, then it's when we can actually achieve the change that we want. The first part for everyone to remember is that when we go into this suffering mode, usually we become too emotional. So when we comes to the brain, the brain has kind of two modes that it usually works on. It's like logic or emotion. And that is there for protection. That is there for other reasons, fight or flight, all these things that we all have heard a thousand times, but it's really important to know that if I'm too emotional, I can't be reasoning. Mm. Yes. This is big because I can't create reason because everything is black and white. Everything is being tainted by that filter, which is there just to protect. But when it comes into our emotional well-being, it's not really helping us at all. Because it's like you said, now something happened, whatever that is, that's causing me to fall down on my face. I'm falling down and I'm hurting. So you're asking, how can I get back up? You said one thing, what can I learn from this? super yeah. crucial and important how could i have avoided this questions oh, asking that's questions that's a very good question yeah is there something what was my part in it because again like yes. the way we've described it is all very ego-based all versus me poor me against the big world out there yeah and, and it's a natural reaction yeah because like the, the, I personally, I do use the, what am I learning? 
I have a mindset of, yeah, you might be going through whatever you're going through, but it's like, what am I learning from this? Is there a purpose? You know, like there must be something that I'm learning out mm -hmm, of all mm -hmm. these. How is it serving me? But the one that is very, very powerful, it's exactly what you just said. We, we come from a place of ego, from a place of the world against me and me against the world. But actually, we need to remember that we are the creators of our reality. Therefore, even all of this crap that's happening right now, we created that by doing or by not doing. Like inaction is mm -hmm. also a, a form of action. Yeah. So yeah. the question on not only what am I learning, but how did I create this? Like taking that accountability and putting it like in your hands, that is very powerful. But then takes it to your third point, that is how, what could I have done to avoid this? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is very, very that's a very it's nice a framework. matter of owning it. It's not so much about again to find another person to blame, which is us. Because yeah. we can be in that place, oh, it's all my fault, and it's because I'm this and I'm useless and I can't like but what do we get from this? Because there's this important distinction about how we create our world. It's what you said. We create our world and our perception within, and that reflects outside. We can cut through that for people who are not into, you know, in out and spiritual, but we're creating our inner world. It's we feel like it's happening to us. But in reality, we are creating it. There might be causes outside, but there are things inside that arise that emotional reaction. How do we create it? I find this very important. In our minds, we think. We think by images. We think by sounds. We speak to ourselves all the time, all day long. All day long. All day long. It doesn't stop. Mine doesn't stop. <laughs> it's like Unless you take the to choice to, to, yes. to stop and then meditate and train and learn yeah. and create that space and expand it. But even after that experience, when you come out on the other end, mind switches on again. And it's narratives, yeah. stories questions blaming thoughts usually stir emotion mm -hmm. so if i start telling myself all these things in a harsh critical tone i'm not going to have very good emotions but emotions can also create thoughts so yeah. if i'm feeling hurt if i'm feeling depressed i'm going to have more hurtful depressive thoughts cool so that's what happens on the negative side right negative but is this true for the positive side? Yes, it is. So that's the system. What you do with the system, partly is habit, partly is what we learn, beliefs, perception, things that have been guiding how we've been living. But at any moment, we have the ability to change. And that's where the key comes in the how, presence. Yeah. Presence and awareness are yes. huge because there's another part to that, but if we're not, it's what we said, the thought comes in, it comes out. Yeah, it happens quickly. Our emotions change and shift. Was I present when that happened? Or did I pick it up 20 thoughts later and thinking, why am I feeling bad and low all of a sudden? Well, it is yeah. because we're on a date on a one-to-one -one, and I thought of whatever, something insecure about me. And now of course it's, it's taking a hit on me 
And 10 minutes later, this thought has been changed on this my train. <laughs> yeah. And now I can't be there, you know, on a, on a date 100% myself because I'm thinking of something else and it has changed the way that I feel. But I created that. Maybe it's an intrusive thought. If I'm present, I can pick it up. I can be aware of it. That is a crucial point. But awareness, I found, although it was for years my number one key, is not enough. I agree with you. <laughs> Everybody says awareness is the first step. Yes, awareness is extremely important. And that's why I was digging into the how and the how and the how, because like, yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware of everything, not everything, but I'm aware of many things that go through my mind, the not empowering ones. But it's not enough to be aware. So I'll let you continue. What is the thing that goes coupled with awareness? We gotta take action. We gotta do something to change the narrative. Yeah. So awareness is great, like you're saying, it's the first step. But for many of us, it can also give us that excuse. Of course, I'm like oh. this because I'm the third child. Of course, I'm like this, because when I was five, my mom told me not to play with my car. Okay, good. We have some insight. And is it true? Yes, it is. And maybe it isn't. There are a lot of variations. Again, we're creating filters. So from that belief, we can see only the things that add up to our story. So we tend to focus, and that's what you're saying. Like uh, this, this summer, I was being coached again, and I had a friend of mine who was just like, you got to... Self-improvement, you know, and, and growing is, is great, but you got to start looking and observing at your own strengths, you know, the good yes. things. Because whenever, if we're constantly looking on what can I change and fix. You're not accepting yourself. Yeah, you're indifferent. And that's the part of the problem I find with self-improvement and with me going through self-improvement. It's like, I was always looking into there's something wrong with me, so I need to change and fix it. But again, there's a benefit to this because it creates progress, but... When it needs to be on a different angle. Balance. Yes. So going back into action and awareness and talking about the emotional brain, kind of trying to link everything together. One great way is to calm down because when we relax, our brain again shifts from being emotional to being more reasonable. So relaxation is big. And then that's what we said, like asking those questions that we said earlier creates that more awareness and also gives you pointers for action. So yeah. what can I do next? What is it that I can do next? How can I change this now? Yes, because just building on that, we said, hey, you have the three questions, for example, on the what am I learning from this? How did I create it? How can I, how could I avoid it? And basically by answering those questions, you create awareness. But still, having that awareness, it's amazing. However, that's not going to change our lives. What mm -hmm. then is the next step is we need to take action. So how do I take these insights that I've been getting as part of the responses that I'm basically writing down or thinking through? And then how do I take action? Like, how do I connect those insights with Mm -hmm. I need to take action or this is the action that I need to take. 
It's what you're saying again, and I'm noticing that we're talking about it, but still we're talking about it because the, the, the truth is that we can do the work for other people. When you or I next time deal with something that's difficult, we have to be the one again, ownership, control. What is it like? Like that thing happened, you know, you said something that hurt me. Okay, I'm the one being hurt. You're, you're fine. You're pulling your nails, you know. <laughs> I'm the one being, being in, 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 in trouble. And in those moments, in those moments of darkness, we need to be able to tap in and connect to ourselves. And only we can do that. Nothing anyone else tells us or what we say to each other is going to do that. Remembering that, we'll do that. We'll help you be there more will help us now that i'm emphasizing it more it's just like i need to that's why presence like awareness is good but also present i need to be there when this happens realize i'm hurting i'm hurting my own self and then it's just like how can i paint that brighter picture into the future how can i bring that into the now and it's what we said questions opening connecting love but it starts with it's a relationship with ourselves. Awesome. That's what it is. It's just like your kid falls down, hurts their knee. You need to be able to pick them up, to be there, pick them up, caress them, kiss them, speak to them nicely, kindly, to encourage them, to help them. And then change their attention into something else. And then all of a sudden the tears are gone, the smile is back up because kids are very fast at this, but I think we are too. Yeah. We're capable of it. Yes. <laughs> I was given this piece of advice in the past year, and I think via LinkedIn, via LinkedIn post. And I think it changed a lot in my life. And it's very similar to what you are saying. And my question was along the lines of how, you know, it's the, yes, when I'm feeling like down, down, and it's like tough, tough, how do I get out of that place? And it's very similar to the analogy of, hey, when you talk to a child and you, he falls or she falls, and then you help them, you take care of them. And the response was, talk to yourself as if you were talking to someone you love. And it's that, it's coming back to being kind to yourself. And you have and to notice that enough times to change it. Yeah. Because like we're humans, we're always going to fall. We'll continue to fall until we die, basically. So it's like, hey, I can fall and suffer every time. Or I can fall and treat myself kindly every time so that I can basically be up again fast and mm -hmm. do not suffer as much and learn from why I fell. And like you said, I loved your definition of resilience. And then be like a little bouncy ball. Boop, 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 and then continue bouncing. <laughs> yeah, that is great. I have a, like, you studied hypnotherapy as well. Mm -hmm. Can you explain, because I have a question that I want to answer in my mind. Can you explain how does that work? How does hypnotherapy work such that by talking to our minds, we can change our behavior? How is that connection? Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Through studying and reading, I always found that the people love to disagree. So they're different ideas. But the thing that aligns with me, and that I will speak on behalf of that. Again, the way I use hypnosis is through relaxing through taking time and space to create that space. So that's like the foundation. Let's calm everything down. Let's, you know, switch off and relax. You can have it, awaken hypnosis and all these stage shows that you have. Yes, okay, good. It's good, good, it's fun, but I'm more into the like, let's meditate kind of style. So it's just like, it's more smooth. So once we create that relaxation, what happens again is we're becoming more open and more receptive. So that's one thing. And of course, we allow ourselves, and it has to be things that we want. So it's like when I work with people, it's just like, what do you really want? And then if you tell me what you want, then I can align what I tell you with what you want instead of me telling you something that you not really, <laughs> you don't really want. The idea now behind that is that once we become more open, more relaxed, our subconscious mind opens up. And that's why they say our subconscious mind is usually open between night and like before falling asleep and when waking up. Tell me. Yes, because then it's that. I, I, I was not kind of putting the two together. It's not that we are relaxed, but it's like the state of the brain when we are relaxed, like the brain waves are in such a state that the subconscious mind is more perceptive to whatever mm -hmm. we're telling him, her. Uh, therefore, for everyone who doesn't know, basically, we are little machines that we don't have control <laughs> of 100% mm -hmm. of our thoughts. A lot of our thoughts come from the subconscious mind, basically. So when we are doing um, hypnosis, for example, for just relaxation, and then how I call like reprogramming the mind. Suggestions. What, yeah, suggestions then what we're doing is we are talking to our subconscious such that we change the natural way of thinking into something that we want to and it's more mm -hmm. empowering and more in alignment with what we want but that happens only when the brain waves are relaxed and the subconscious is happy to talk to us basically using very yeah. natural language rather than fancy yeah the way that you describe it is really nice but even for us as in comparison with other people uh basically we have this it's called conscious critical factor something that helps us to make sense of the world and also in another word you could use it as it's our perception of how we view the world and how we view the world and what reality we create through that so anything else that doesn't match is what we we're saying earlier, like we focus on the things that we focus and anything that's, or the story that we have, anything outside of that, it doesn't match up. So our brain says, discard, 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 protect, 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 because this is outside of our, our normal perspective of how we view the world. So this is not true for me. Like this doesn't hold true. I think the, the earth is flat. That's what I think. You tell me whatever you want, unless I am able things. to start it. And that's why also like linking uh, hypnosis and hypnotherapy with, with talking. Because as a therapist, as someone who works with other people, I need, you need to, whoever that person is, but I like to use that one-on-one. -on -one. Like you need to work through what is coming up for you and feel that tension, that resistance. 
and get that awareness again inside. What, what am I actually believing? And that's the things that beliefs, unspoken beliefs, their thoughts, perceptions, perspectives that they're lying underneath the surface, which is the sum total, like the total of everything that we experience and how we view, how we view the world. So, and that is like a zip file. So everything is compressed. At any moment we dip in, or at any moment it dips into our lives. And as Carl Jung, he says something nice, like until you make the unconscious conscious and conscious, then you'll be driven, your behavior will be driven and it's, and you think of it as fate. But basically what we believe, what we perceive, what we think about ourselves or the world, it guides our experience. So to go in back into the change that you were asking. One thing is, is like on a conscious level, can we start talking about this? Can we deal with this? Can we see what's underneath? Can we uncover things? Because then it can really help to flip beliefs and, and perspectives. But then as you go along, it's exactly what you're saying. Like the part of it is like, basically we start putting in more positive things that will help change our behavior and the way that we look at the world and try to make that real because there are a lot of times what I've noticed with myself and all working with other people is that we think of things sometime into the future so we don't really enter into that emotion we don't enter into that state we don't mm. enter into that thinking feels like distant mm. so it will happen one day I will go to the gym one day I will lose weight one day yeah you know Monday Tuesday whatever but it's it's when we have that ability, and that's why the now is super important and powerful to bring ourselves in the now and then to bring those feelings, emotions, and thoughts in the now. We achieve the change in the now, at least in our minds. If we're not able to do that, even momentarily, we can't change. Because again, it goes into like, we create this artificial boundary, we put ourselves in it and we say, this is what's possible. Very, 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 very good point. We create the artificial boundary that says, this is what's possible. This is my reality. This is what I think I can do. No one does that. We do mm -hmm. it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We put ourselves in the Then box. again, subconscious. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It could be because someone said something, but we keep ourselves in the box. And it's very hard. That's why it's amazing to work with other people like again like even for us that like we coach we need people to coach us because we just get blinded and side, side blinded and we don't know that we're in the box we're like yeah yeah the world is great but we still have a box <laughs> yes i agree with you yes, <laughs> definitely yeah we all we all need mentoring and coaching that is a fact amazing what comes to your mind as final remarks Final remarks with resiliency is what we just like kind of talking about it at the base of everything and the base of the behavior is our ability to have two very powerful beliefs that again, we can build by putting ourselves in situations. One thing, putting ourselves in situations by challenging ourselves. And then the other one is when things are challenging us from life that we'll learn to continue to build. What are these two fundamental beliefs? The ability that I can figure it out. Yes. The ability actually to, to, that I can cope with things, whatever comes my way, I can manage it. Huge belief. Because then you can walk into things, yeah, it might be scary. But if you lean into that, 
then I can, you manage, can manage it. It, it yeah. might hurt, yeah. yeah. And that, of course, builds the self-trust. So I believe in myself. And of course, all these three, it's like a triangle to work with each other. Because it's like, if I believe in myself, then I can cope with things. If I can cope with things, I believe in myself. I love that. That's like a nice so mindset cultivate. triangle. Yeah, yeah, it's cultivating those beliefs because when we get stuck, we forget. When we get hurt, we forget. We get emotional, we get down, we get hurt. And at least from my perspective, it's like when I was getting hurt and sometimes when I still do get hurt, it's I keep hurting myself. And it's just like, why am I doing this to myself? There's no point. Yeah. And it's okay, I don't want to be in this place. So again, like taking decision, I don't want to be here. It sucks being here. I have other places that are more important. Changing of focus. Again, it builds that belief. Like we could sit down and cry about it, but usually doesn't, we've seen it in ourselves and people around us. How does that help? Usually just like the tide goes after a bit and then we forget it, but we can create and cultivate that yeah. with purpose. Like I'm purposely choosing to change my reality now that I'm hurting and it's weird and it's hard, but I'm willing to think this is what led me here. What can I learn? Exactly. Yes. And it's what can I believe about it? It is a journey and sometimes it's not easy, but it is a journey and does, it does require courage and sometimes it requires, like resilience is so important. It requires everything, like giving it everything you've got. <laughs> and it's like, yes. And then you just like either optimistically, like continuing or even in your worst days when you're like, I don't want this anymore but I'll try one more time. If like wherever you are in the super optimistic, let's continue. Or if you're struggling, it is still the, I can do it. I believe in myself. I'll figure it out. I can cope with everything that comes my way. That's it. We've got our secret to resilience formula to work it out. We could say this thing to us. Yeah. Like again, affirmations, like that's purposely building things to help us but also experiences i find that experiences are far more powerful so it's about we create challenges on purpose and again if you have like a mentor or coach they'll do that for you like go ahead and do that you're like no <laughs> that, that's now that not to say experiences i was about to finish but no that's a very good point like the final piece to the puzzle is once you have these uh belief systems and suggestions that you tell to yourself the other one is coming back to, the next step is coming back to action. You go to the world and then basically what we're doing is we are creating reference points that it's like, see, yes, I told you so. You were going to figure it out. Yes, I told you so. Just believe in yourself. Yes, I told you so. And then we start creating new reference points for the brain and the subconscious such that it believes again more in ourselves and then it's a very positive cycle, as slow as we want or as fast as we want, but we keep moving. That's a beautiful, beautiful way to finish this episode. Because it's been a pleasure having you in the show. Can you tell us where can we find you? You can find me at uh, insidetreasures.com. That's my website. Then at insidetreasures on Instagram. 
and uh, also my podcast, which I tend to put whatever is happening with things, sharing it with the world, which again, you can search for inside treasures and usually you can find the link for my website. So if you're Amazing. interested for more. Yes, and then so that everybody knows, what type of coaching do you do? So what I said, like part of it is like mindset coaching. And that's why I talked about different perspectives and, and how we show up and also the perception. I do pick things up from meditating, Reiki, from hypnosis, but these are like kind of tools in the toolbox. And again, like the things that we talked about today are super important for me. It's just like, how can I teach other people to be more present, create more awareness, take more action, be better with their boundaries with themselves? How can I help them? you know, assist and shifting things. And again, like resiliency is huge because, and then with the coaching, what I like is that we create that. You create that, like you're like, it's just setting the challenges that we talked about and go ahead and do that. And then it's like, oh, it hurts and it didn't and work out. you have accountability and you have someone that understands you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, Definitely. it's finding what's, what's getting in the way for us and then what kind of things can fuel us and propel us forward to the future that we want while accepting where we are. Magic work, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Amazing, people, it's been a pleasure having you in the show and everyone, I'll see you next week. Please remember to listen to the show again and then find the one thing that makes the most difference to your life and put it in practice. Sending you much love, big hug and see you next week. Ciao, bye bye.